not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City it's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to another episode of The View from the Ninian, where we have two games to talk about, two games to preview, and two guests to welcome. As always, I'm with Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben Price, what's going on? I've been making friends friends with the Jacks today, so yeah, it's been an interesting one for me on Twitter. Someone's got to. Um, I hear they're all fingers and thumbs on Twitter. Um, What have you been doing? I I just posted a tweet that I've posted several times before of a very easy, obvious joke that for some reason has got them absolutely frothing at the... Mouth. If they have mouths. Um, Tom, have you been winding up any jacks today? No, I'm not as irritable as um, as Ben. I, I kind of stay away from anything antagonistic to stay in my little but corner. Is ben, is ben irritable or is he just irritating other people? I'm proper yeah. irritable. Both, to be honest, because the responses were <laughs> annoying me then. I was fighting back. <laughs> um, you even got tagged in by the didn't happen of the year um, official account, didn't you? Yeah, that's... I've. The listeners can't see, but I've got a picture frame behind me that um, I'm now going to replace with that tweak because it's my first ever tag of didn't happen in the year. And badge of honour. Tagged in by some specky virgin, I can imagine. Um, Not that you're not a specky virgin yourself, Ben. I can see you now. You're wearing glasses. And um, as far as I understand it, you... You haven't had... Oh, no, wait, sorry. You have had sex. I do lots of the sex, I think you find. (laughs) Top shagger. Top shagger. Balls Um, and all. (laughs) Balls and all. It's already gotten weird here at View from an Indian, so let's go back a few days and talk about the Peterborough game. Uh, obviously, it was probably our most convincing win of the season so far, a 4-0 home win against uh, Peterborough, who are pretty dismal um, and have been dismal all season. Um, Tom, you've written here, best performance of the season, question mark. Answer your own fucking question. Well, it's got to be up there, hasn't it? I think, you know, from start to finish, we're the better team. We look defensively sound. We look dangerous going forward. Uh, like you said, though, Peterborough are completely rubbish and they did everything they uh, could to help us out in that game. But, you know, I don't think I should take away from the performance. I thought I thought Cody Drama was fantastic. It's just all the loan signings are stepping up and it's just fantastic to see because we were in dire straits a few weeks ago and, you know, it's starting to, you can see the pieces falling into place now and the whole game was just a joy to watch from start to finish. Ben, best performance of the season for you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Tom mentioned the lone players there, but I think just as important what the lone players are doing is they're not just, they've not just stepped up. They've ramped up the performance of the other players as well. It's caused the whole team to go up a level. I think you look at sort of some like, I think Joel Bagan's a key example of that. Someone that was disappointed at the start of the season. I know he's young. It's hard to pick on him, but uh, it's easy to pick on him. Sorry. But um, his performances since he's seen what uh, uh, Doherty did, Doty, is it? Sorry, not Doty. Doty. Mate, don't ask me. I got it wrong every time I said it. Yeah, so Doty. Um, his performances, seeing what he what um, Morrison's after from a fullback, he sort of learned from that and really sort of taking it on and stepped up his performances. Um, right the way through, NG's obviously stepped up and sort of relishing his new role. It's been just a lift and, yeah, it really, we were waiting for it to click for a long time and it finally clicked into a performance that lasted 90 minutes. Um. Tom, obviously Doyle hit the post. We scored soon after. We created chance after chance. I think our XG was around 2.81. We had 14 shots in total to their five. 
but our accurate passing was uh, about a third of theirs. They had 540 accurate passes to our 195. Are we getting back into that old mode of get the ball forward as quickly as we can and be as direct as we can? That was what we were like under Warnock. We kind of went backwards under McCarthy, but that's where we seem to be going, right? Yeah, we're direct, but with intent. I think, you know, we know where we're playing balls. We're not just lumping it forward. We do that towards the end of the game sometimes when we, we need a goal, but I think there's a clear game plan there now. And it's working largely. Like I have been those three wins on a row in the row are just huge. You know, it's it's been season changing, you know. I, and I think we're just going into games a little bit more positive than we were. Well, a lot more positive than we were. And you know, the loss on the weekend then shouldn't derail us now, you know. We can still look back at not just one good performance, but like three in a row. So, no, it's yeah, it's direct, but it's working. Um, you got it here, Tom, and I'll ask Ben. Obviously, we played well, but just how bad are Peter Braben? Yeah, they're piss poor. They're lucky that Barnsley seem to be just unable to find any result because, yeah, so they're... they won one nil at the weekend. All right, but like before that, they've not what they on. They're on like 14 points or something like for the season. 17 now, I think. 17, yeah. yeah. So you look at that and sort of, they're very lucky that, or they could be a Dar, obviously the Derby situation, their point stations of ice. They, they could be a contender for one of the worst teams the championship's ever seen. You sort of compare that, the standard of them and the quality of them to Wickham last year, who many thought, myself included, would be lucky to win a single game. Wickham are miles better than sort of Peterborough, this Peterborough side are. They've just. Yeah, there's nothing about them at all. There was no fight in them. They weren't really sort of. You think even in that position, you'd sort of look for a bit of aggro. There wasn't. They weren't doing the cynical fouls. They were just a couple of silly fouls. It was just really, really poor. They they knocked the ball about all right, but they seemed to be determined to put themselves under as much pressure as possible as well. Mm. It was they had a lot of the ball, but to be fair, when they were doing that, most of it was sort of them passing the ball about to give Cardiff chances. It's amazing we didn't capitalise on it more to be honest and sort of nick a couple of goals from their mistakes. It's amazing, really, because you look at their, their striker last year, Johnson Clark Harris, he got 31 goals in 45 games. He's come up this year and got four in 20. And it seems to be a symptom of their whole team. People have scored, I think, if you look at their goals for column, it's 23. That's only four more than Barnsley who have the worst, uh, the worst record in the league. But they've conceded 60, which is by far and away the worst record in the division. Barnsley have only conceded 45 and they're dead last. So Peterborough are doing both things badly. They're conceding more. They aren't scoring. And they're, they're just floundering towards relegation. Yeah, I think you look at Clark, so using Clark Harrison example, that scoring all those goals is great, but he's the League One equivalent of someone like David Nugent. Great in League One, will score goals for fun in League One, but coming to the Championship, his record's always been poor. I think, was it, who was he at before that when He's played in the Championship before and had a very poor record. Again, it's like the David Nugent Premier League effect. He's just not that quality. He's not good enough. And to be fair, I think there's a lot of teams who struggle to score with that because Peterborough didn't really do a lot with the ball. No, that's the thing. Like, there was no sort of you can't look at that and like most games this season, you can look back and say, Oh, well, this team had so and so clear cut chances. I can't really think of many for Peterborough, their clear cut chance we think they should have scored from. No, you'll go back to the highlights package and you, you can see that the only thing they showed for them was a free kick that hit the side net in, and that was the best that they had all game, really. And that, that just summed it up. I think they were scrambling to find something to put in about Peterborough, not just the Cardiff goals, because they did nothing in that game, absolutely nothing. I don't want to take that away from sort of the Cardiff performance as well, because I think you can only beat what's in front of you and sort of... And we fucking I... beat them, Ben. We, oh, we stuffed them. But we stuffed them as well. That's the important thing. It wasn't a case of we sort of just got over the line and got the job done. We played really well. 
I know it's a lesser quality of performance and sort of less quality of like opponent and stuff. People, a lot of people have said on Twitter, but still, we played. We were really good. We sort of did everything right that game, and that's the sort of it's the stuff you want to see from Cardiff going forward. That's the way I want to see Cardiff sort of play going forward. It's if just, it's just ruthless, isn't forward. it? It's it's instead of like you say, we you know we've had other games where we've probably taken our foot off the gas with the last twenty minutes to go, thinking oh the job done here, and that's where we fall back into our own kind of bad habits. But we kind of scored that first goal after the four minutes and we scored our last goal in the 85th minute. That shows that we played for basically the full 90 minutes. And, you know, we two of our loanies got on the board. Flint scored for the first time in a long time. Uh, Riles came in with that first goal. Isaac Davis was brilliant. There was just so much positivity to come from that. And and, and Tom, one of the other positive performances, you've already mentioned the loanies, was, was Drammer at right back. That kind of marauding right back coming forward. I think he set up um, one of the goals. Um, I can't remember if it was Hugels or Ikpiedzu with the... Um, the ball in from the right across the goal. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, I didn't know he was that quick. And like I knew he was quick, but that game he just seemed to be leaving everyone in his dust. It was he was he was really, really good going forward. And he's he's finding his feet now. You know, I think he looked a little bit wobbly at first, but he's a young lad. He hasn't played on oh, first team football or like any really. So, you know, to see him now you know, fitting into that system, getting forward, putting balls into the box, that's what we were lacking earlier in the season was creativity apart from Ryan Giles. And we were worried that we wouldn't have someone who could create chances. And suddenly, not only drama, but other people are chipping in as well. And it, it's really, really good to see. It's quite exciting and, and quite annoying that they're all loan signings. And <laughs> we're going to have to deal with that in a couple of months. But let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah, it was Isaac Davis popped up with another assist in that game as well. And it just like feels like between him, maybe drama and Rawls coming back in, we're kind of plugging that gap that we that was left with um, with Giles going. Um, and then we've already talked about Flint popping up at one end, but more importantly, at the other end, he kept a clean sheet. Smithy's also kept a clean sheet. I think it was our second clean sheet in two games, or maybe even, um, yeah, second clean sheet in two games, our third of the season. That's almost as important as the four goals he scored, isn't it? Yeah, that would have taken like, what game was it we conceded late after Forest. a win? Yeah, Forest, we were two Forest, yeah. Took the shine off like what was a really good win and a good performance. And to sort of, okay, again, we said like Peterborough didn't create much, but anything they did was sort of sniffed out at source by the defence. They looked really solid and they were determined to keep that clean sheet uh, the other night. And I think that's huge because so much has been made of like us conceding poor goals. Okay, like we'll come to it with the Millwall game. But yeah, for that night, it was they were determined not to do it and made sure it didn't happen. Flint led the line really well. And yeah, just didn't give him a sniff. Yeah, and Flint's goal was was a lovely goal as well. It puts him as our top scorer with five goals this season. Uh, the same amount as Kiefer Moore. Um, I think it's someone should be bidding five or six million pounds for Aiden Flint come the summer. I know he's out of contract. Um, moving on to Millwall, obviously Ben, after three wins in a row, three wins on the bounce, including a good performance against Liverpool in the cup. Um, obviously we lost that game, but it was a good performance. It was inevitable, really, that we went to Millwall, um, a shithole in southeast London. And lost. Yeah, it's the game too far, wasn't it? There's a lot of football being played the last few weeks at a very high intensity. There's been a lot going. And you could just see from the players, they were absolutely knackered. Um, we never really got going. We started all right, created a few bits, sort of more of a nuisance and sort of playing well. But it was just, yeah, you just got the feeling sort of towards half, towards like middle of the second half. It was just one of those games. It wasn't going to go our way. Um, decisions, we didn't get the rub of the green. That bit of luck we probably had at Barnsley where I'd say the Barnsley performance was probably worse than the Millwall performance, but we got a result. Um, yeah, it's just one of those games that it's hard to get too de- like too disheartened about it when you've just come off a back of three three league wins in the bounce. It's hard to get too disheartened about it. 
Tom, but we will get disheartened about it. Um, we lost um, on the on the plus side. Um, our XG was two point seven three. We still created the most chances in the game. We still had uh, most big chances in the game. Um, as much as there were a few chances, it felt like we had the better of them, even though Millwall scored the goals. I think we had the better of them second half. Um, I think they were better than us first half, to be honest with you. We just did a few key decisions, didn't go away, which I think we'll go on to. But I think when, when Ben says it was a step too far, I think I think it was. I think there were certain players, like people like Doyle, I don't think that was the game for him. I think you take him out there, you put someone like Volks in, and mm-hmm. maybe you don't play drama in that game because he's not, I don't think he's the person you might push NG back out there for that type of game. I, I just, I think you need a little bit more tinkering than we did have. Um, but I think Morrison will come to learn that as he's going forward, that we can't just keep, we need a bit more horses for courses. You know, it was, it was the trap that Neil Harris fell into a little bit where he was scared to change things when things were going well. But I think that will come. But just to, like Millwall as a game, like it, if you had like a Millwall bingo card, they hit everything. If they, they booed the taking the knee. They did the Salah gesture. There was an inflatable shape. There was just like sexist chants. It was just like everything you expect from Millwall happened that day, including the, in the loss as well. And it's just every time it's, every time I go there, I convince myself I'll enjoy it. And every time I leave there and go, why the hell did I just pay for that? It's well, I know why because I watch it in Cardiff anyway. But like, it's just <laughs> an awful, awful match day experience. It, it's just I don't think it'll ever get better. They're just a vile, vile fan base. Even the away end is not very nice, is it? Because you, you're you're shoved up in that second tier, um, and it's kind of quite packed, um, kind of um, packed in. You have that weird concourse behind it. You have to walk through the home fans to get there. It's just a yeah. horrible, horrible away end in a horrible part of London, uh, North London forever. Um, ben, we, we, we kind of touched upon it already. Didn't get the rub, rub of the green with decisions. Um, it's, I'm almost at a loss of words, which is why I stumbled there. How baffling was that penalty decision that it wasn't given? Even It might have even been slightly outside the box. Who can say? But it was the most blatant handball I've seen in years. Oh, it was a great save. To be fair to him, he, he got his arms across well and sort of batted the ball away. But I'm not too annoyed at the referee, but how the linesman hasn't give, given that is beyond me because he's staring straight at it. Mm-hmm. They, they came out apparently in the match report afterwards, they said something about the arms being in a natural position. The fucker was doing a Superman. If you're Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, it was just a baffling so I, decision. I and think... I thought, think- I think his hand was in a natural position to start with because he goes in for that slide tackle where your arms come across, but he moves it during and his arm ends up further out. So like in that initial moment, I can, I, I can kind of understand the argument about being in a natural position because when you slide in like that, your arms do end up in that position. But as he sees the ball coming to him, he moves his arms towards the ball. So it's a handball. So yeah, it's, you- it's just that it's like, if you look at the textbook rules and sort of show that the footage of that, 99 people out of 100 would say, yes, that's a handball. I think, Why did you go, yes? <laughs> I yes. don't know. <laughs> be a handball. Go on, Tom, you are going to say. I think like you hit the nail on the head with the linesman issue, because where we were, we were at that end, and, yeah. you could, the, and the referee was unsighted. But you could see the linesman was thinking of giving it, and he just bottled it. He was in the front of the got, That referee's got the linesman in the championship. It's been an issue for years. They don't, they're too afraid to give big decisions. Yeah. They feel like it's not their place to give the calls. Even if they don't want to flag for it, they've got fucking radio headsets. They can talk to each other and say, look, that was a handball. It's just cowardly and it's piss poor refereeing from the EFL again. It was was mind boggling. Like everyone could see at our end. It was so, so obvious. 
But there we go. They, and they, they're the decisions that change games, right? I don't think Mill will come back into that game if we score there. No, no. I, and it, it's it, that, that, that's the most frustrating thing about it. And I think that's why I'm not that gutted about the performance because on another day, we win that game. And like you said earlier on, we were much worse against Barnsley and we got a result there. So they do kind of even out over the, yeah. the season. But when it's just, it's constant, the poor officiating. We, we still haven't had a penalty this season. It's weird, isn't it? The we two, a penalty this season. No, no, the two sides in the championship to not have a penalty this season are the two Welsh sides. Anti-Welsh agenda. Good that is it's a lot, but bit odd. And um, nice there, Tom. <laughs> that is weird. I didn't realise that. So I, I, we can almost guarantee that when we play the Jacks in a few weeks' time, there's going to be a penalty for each side. Yeah, one each, um, definitely. Just, <laughs> just as a nice little treat. Um, we kind of talked about it already, uh, Ben. The, the players looked a bit knackered, looked a bit jaded. And I think that was obvious with the goals we conceded. Um, the first goal, I think three men run to the front post and leave a couple of the Millwall players unmarked. He's able to head home. The second goal, not really sure what Drama's doing, stood behind the guy who heads it home. Um, I, you know, I think three games in a row that we've won, you can kind of um, uh, you can kind of, kind of of let off a bit of that bad defending. But it didn't bode well, did it? No, it felt a bit like, oh, Christ, we're slipping back into these habits already. They were very sort of familiar goals to concede for Cardiff this season. Individual mistakes that really shouldn't be happening from, to be honest, more senior players. Those players, like McGuinness now, I think like you can class him that as well, if he should be doing better in those positions. His positional sense at times is a bit worrying. He, um, You sort of watch him. It's only when you like sort of see the full pitch and sort of watch him. He's very crap at keeping his line. He's either <laughs> deep. I, lo- I thought you were crap. searching for a, like a, a diplomatic word. He's very um, naive. He's very um, no. He's just crap. No, he is. He's, he's like, and I know. Obviously, tw- I think he's like twenty-two, but it's basic sort of defending. Sort of, you keep an eye on where your other centre backs are. You're playing with slower centre backs as well. If he steps, he if he steps up, he doesn't let other people know. And other times if he's taken a step back, he doesn't doesn't speak as well. He's very he can be very quiet when he's sort of needing to communicate. At other times, then you can't shut him up. Um I think that it's stuff that I think he'll learn, but it's just yeah, it's cost us a few goals this season. I think it's gone a bit unnoticed and cost us again against Millwall. How old is he? Twenty one. He's from Slough as well. He's got plenty of time to learn. Um and Tom to round off the Millwall game, we'll 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 end it where um the game ended with Joel Baggins scoring a ninety-third minute. Um, uh, consolation goal. Firstly, nice to see Joel Wagon getting his first goal. Um, nice to see him run straight into the net, grab the ball, and take it back to the halfway line, thinking, "Yep, there's still a chance here." And we had one. Really, what the fuck was he doing, acting as a striker in that moment? To be fair, he just grew in confidence as the game went on. He beat two people in the box earlier in the game, took it around them, and he he was getting into some good positions. And I think that's all he needs is a run of games and to build that confidence up again because he started like a train for us, and then he dipped off. Confidence levels dipped. And he's just coming back into it. And Morrison said that after the game. He just said you could see him coming into his own mm-hmm. as the game went on. And yeah, it, it was just a good, just good positioning from him. You know, at 2-0 down, we still felt we could get something from it. And, you know, we took the ball back and we had a late free kick. And we had a bicycle kick from McGuinness that just went yeah, straight I down. Yeah, I saw the, that bicycle kick. Yeah, and he went straight down the keeper's throat. But, you know, and that, I think that's the the one thing that's most encouraging is like that never, day, um, never say die attitude. And even for the people who come in as loanies, they get it already. And like you were saying, Peterborough didn't seem to have that. They weren't making cynical fouls and things like that. Like, we've got a bit of... Even the youngsters have got a bit of nous about them. And I, I think it's, you know, I think we're well set for the rest of the season now. 
Like we're going to have the odd disappointing result, but we're going to pick up more points than we were earlier in the season. You'd hope so. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Like you think we've we've won three on the bounce. We're disappointed this loss. Whereas a few weeks ago, if we had lost a game like this, we wouldn't have been surprised, and it sort of would be more of a, just like an anger than sort of this result. We're in a re- we're like we're still in a relegation fight. I know we're twelve points clear and stuff, but for most part of the season now, we're going to sort of that slight threat of relegation is going to be this. So. We're not going to go unbeaten. This, these blips are going to happen. It's the championship when there's a lot of football to play. So, yeah, it's hard. Sort of, you don't want to get too disheartened by this after such good performances. It's just a case of now, the reaction's huge for these players now. How we react coming up? Like, there's another big run of games coming up. Yeah, the games we've got coming up are quite worrying. But I think you know we've got from looking at it, we've got Coventry obviously coming up this week. Blackpool, Huddersfield, who I didn't realise until yesterday are smack bang in the playoffs now. Fulham, who are running away with it. Derby, who are on, you know, fighting back. QPR, who put in a great season. Preston, who were kind of um, making a late run for the playoffs. Stoke, Middlesbrough, who are brilliant. That's our next sort of six games. We're playing seven, six to eight games. We're playing teams in and around the, the kind of playoffs. Then we've got Swansea, Reading, Hull, Luton, Sheffield United, Birmingham, Derby to finish the season. I've just read out the fixtures list. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, everyone out there. That's <laughs> just me reading the fixtures for you. But you talk about us being cleared relegation, Ben. Obviously, Yesterday was a big day in terms of the relegation battle down at the bottom of the championship. Um, Barnsley won, Derby got tonked 4-1. I think Reading lost 3-2 to Coventry. Peterborough lost. Obviously, we didn't win, but it was a good day for us um, in terms of the other results. We are now, from what I remember, 12 points clear of the playoffs. Um, Peterborough do have a game in hand on us, so it's a nine-point cushion. Not, not playoffs. Other end, mate. Relegation. Sorry, sorry. Wishful thinking. Um, yeah, wishful thinking. Um, ben, would you say we're safe now, or do you still look over your shoulder? I think you've got to sort of keep looking over your shoulder with even with these amount of games still to play. Um, you want a bit more of a cushion. You want that sort of eighteen to twenty point cushion before you can really say, "All right, we're out of the we're out of the mix here." Um, but it is quite nice now when they're showing the relegation sort of candidates that we've been taken out of that sort of crop from those screen grabs. I'm quite enjoying that. That sort of makes me feel a bit better. But um, yeah, I think if we, if we can climb a few more places, sort of once you get to 17th onwards, you can sort of feel, all right, you should be safe from there on out. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, I think you don't want to say that we're safe, but it feels like that at the moment, because like we were saying, how bad bands they are. Um, the fact that they're only five points off safety sh- shows how bad the teams are at the bottom. You know, Reading are woeful. Um, Peterborough, terrible. Barnsley, terrible. Those three teams aren't catching us if they carry on playing the way that they're playing. You know, they could easily not win a game for the rest of the season, those those teams. Like, it, it wouldn't be that surprising. So, yeah, you don't want to say it because you don't want to jinx it, but it does feel like... I think we're more likely to claw three more teams back in than we are going to be overtaken by three teams. Yeah, I mean, we're still... If you look at the table now, we're only... Um, eight points off 15th where Millwall are who we played yesterday, right? And you think a couple more wins for us and a couple bad results for the teams above us, all of a sudden there, we're, we're overtaking them. We're, we're kind of clawing them back in and things aren't looking so great for them. Ben, it's time for a prediction, a bold prediction. Which three teams are getting relegated come the end of the season? Uh, Barnsley, Peterborough and Reading. Barnsley, Peterborough and Reading. Tom? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And I think Peterborough would be bottom. Ooh, Ooh that's a big call. That is a big call. Darren Ferguson's not going to be very happy. He's going to be calling. Oh, he's not going to be there by the end of the season. Well, I think he will because it's the only club he seems to have any longevity at. He'll get relegated and he'll bring him back up. And 
it's just the, it's the Darren Ferguson way. I mean, he's Isn't not it normally he's... though. He gets sacked. They want this like sort of languish in League One for a little bit, then panic, bring, bring it back him in. Back. Get, yeah. yeah, but I just think I just think they're going to cut out the middle bit now and just go. Let's just keep him this time. Fair enough. Um, I'm talking about um, Darren Ferguson, that doesn't even make any sense. But um, coming to our manager, there we go. That's the segue. Steve Morrison. Um, he took, spoke spoke this week, Tom, about the club saying that it was the best ever transfer window they've had. Uh, <laughs> you're making some faces. Um, I can see that. Um, is Morris Morrison correct? I don't think he's correct. It's one of the more impressive. I think, just the way he's got about it and how it's worked. I wouldn't say it's our best window ever, but he's just he's, he's getting a little bit more savvy when it comes to his own job now, isn't he? About yeah. kind of like, you know... Bigging himself up. Bigging himself, himself, himself up massively, yeah. Like, and, you know, it's like, like he said, like it's uh, the best window we've had. You know, they wanted me to change the football. We've changed the football. We started picking up results. We're picking up results. So why wouldn't you give him the job? And then it's like, that does actually make sense. Like he is kind of doing what everyone asked of him yeah. and with no money and while being a bit of a bell end. So fair play to him. Like, and you can see on Twitter, every very, very few people are anti Morrison now. I'm, I'm still a Morrison skeptic. I'm not sure how much, <laughs> you know, longevity he could have in a role, but you know, it's hard to argue with what he's saying because he, he has got the results that we need. Ben, do you think it was our best transfer window ever? I think it's the best we've had in a long time, but that's not saying much considering how bad some of our business has been. Um, I think you look at it sort of the seat, the promotion season under Warnock, that summer window. Other than Lee Camp, I think it turned out to be pretty decent. So yeah, he's, I think he's got, he, was it Mendes Lang, Etheridge? Um was that when Batten the Bamba came in the season before? Yeah. Um even Loic Demore came in and did all right that season. He's played quite a lot of games in that promotion, yeah. Yeah. He's playing third tier of French football now. That's how still playing, Ben. All right, show off. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind um, of his level, I think, wasn't it? Because we signed him. Um, no, we signed him for a tier above. <laughs> he came from a team called Bourges Pereno A, who play in the third tier of French football. Oh, they're third tier, are they? Yeah. Okay, I'll take it back. Yeah, take it back. Um, Apologise to Loic because yeah, I've got I'm him sorry, on the line I'm now. Sorry, Loic, you seem Loic, like a love. Come on in, bonjour, <laughs> boys. I was waiting for more... it. I thought you were either <laughs> going to tell me to do an accent or you were going to do it. I don't know. Why would I tell you to do an accent? I don't yeah, know. It's, it's hard It's harder to see past that window, but it's not a bad window at all. No, and, and, and Tom, we were very busy for once, weren't we? Obviously, even in that January window where we got promoted under Warnock, we made one signing for £6 million, and that was Gary Goals for Dean. Um, in... That was the January. Yeah, that the Jan- that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Jan- but that was the transfer window, wasn't it? And I'm just saying, we're, we're usually quiet in January. Um, and and we, we we were able to sign what five six players this January. We got money for Kiefer Moore, who's now gone and broken his foot. Um, so we've got money for a player who could have got injured for us because you know it sounded like a freak accident. Um, so he, he he he's right to big himself up, isn't he? Yeah, everything he'd done has worked. Like even this, like you said, that the sale of Moore. Yes, we argued that it might not be for enough, but that's not really his fault. You know, no. it was a player who didn't want to be there. We got money for him and we found goals elsewhere so far. You know, it, and everyone who's come in has had an impact. You know, there's not really been like a lame duck out of them. Like, they, everything's kind of worked so far. So, 
it, you know, it's hard to disagree with him, really. And, you know, he wants a job at the end of this season. So he's going to big himself up. And you know what his attitude is like. He's his biggest, you know, he's his own biggest fan. If he was so, chocolate, he would eat himself. Exactly. Like that. That. You look at this squad and if you had said on December 31st in January, we're going to sell our top scorer and our main man who is a Welsh international striker and we're going to lose the top assist maker in the championship. And in this place, we're going to bring in Jordan Hugel, who scored one goal for West Brom. Ikeazu, who scored, what, three goals for Borough, but hasn't really done a lot there. And some unknown lads from a lad who couldn't get game time in Germany. Yeah. And a fullback at Leeds sort of want to keep, but aren't too asked if he, if he goes. You, like, rightfully panic, but somehow everyone's come in and just to hit the ground running. And somehow we've come out of it looking stronger. We look a better, more sort of well-rounded team. And yeah, that can only be credit to Morrison and the scouting team. Cause yeah, that's, that's, you can't argue with that result. That's fantastic business in the transfer window. I guess Tom, the question I really get at here is would you fight Steve Morrison? Not a chance. No, no, no. He's got mad eyes between him and Hudson. I, I wouldn't go near either of them. Then would you fancy your chances in a, a dust-up with Steve Morrison? No. I'm no. a lover, not a fighter. Unless it's on social media and I like having a bit of a <laughs> <laughs> Um Nah, yeah, there's something not right about him, is there? No, he's unhinged. Yeah, He is unhinged, but he's our manager. He's ours, yeah. We, we, we like him because he's our manager. Steve, we never said anything bad about you, okay? Don't listen to any of our old podcasts. We've always been nice <laughs> about you. Um, I don't know who these people are. If they, if you do want to fight them, can't help you. Here are. at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their crop preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker for those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair. We see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the Performance Package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code code VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. That's VFT Ninian for 20% off your purchase. Trust us, your balls will thank you. And talking about being unhinged on Twitter, it's time for the Twitter questions. Hey. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Sunday night. I can't wait to go back to work tomorrow. And um, Thomas, this one's for you. It's from our good friend Daniel Morgan. Would you rather never see us have a penalty again or we never give one away? It's not even a conspiracy anymore. They clearly don't want to give Welsh clubs penalties. I'll ask the question again. Would you rather never see us have a penalty again or we never give one away? Never give one away. It's quite an easy question, isn't it? When you think yeah, about that's, it. yeah, he hasn't yeah. thought that through, has he? Daniel, come with better questions next time. Um, but it is a conspiracy. Uh, we have kind of already talked about that. And, and I, I would put money on us not getting a penalty between now and the end of the season, Tom, would you? 
Now you've said that, I think you'll probably get one against Coventry. There we go. That's hopefully <laughs> how these things work. Um, now you've Barrett, got to that... tweet it for it to be true. All right. Um, I've got to read the tweets first. When I ask you a question next, I will tweet it. Um, early days, but do you think we might see a reversal of the home away form tight pitches in the dogfight Oakwell? And Den was usually our forte and still tough then. But with the younger and more expansive team, the large CCS pitch might work, at, work for us more before the end of the season. Um, ben? We look a lot more comfortable at home now all of a sudden. Uh, a couple of wins. The fans seem a lot more positive. The, fa- the, the fans. Sorry, the players don't seem as sort of in their shell all of a sudden. They seem to be enjoying playing at home, which I don't think they were at the start of the season. Um, and yeah, I really hope it does sort of come back to what it was because home form's vital and we really sort of need to bring that back, especially with sort of the fixtures we've got coming up at home as well to give us any chance of staying up. Yeah. I wonder how much of that early season kind of toxic atmosphere at the club was down to Mick McCarthy. Um, when you think, when you when you even look on social media now, obviously we've spent time this season talking about the social media kind of output of the club. There's more going on YouTube. There's more going kind of behind the scenes stuff that's happening. You wonder if Mick McCarthy just had this hold on the club that made everyone a bit more tentative and a bit more nervous and that extended outwards. From what I've heard is, I think Morrison is encouraging more footage being done of training sessions. So I think he's just a little bit more... Yeah, I think he's... Yeah, exactly. He's just... He's a little bit more open. And I can imagine McCarthy telling the media team to fuck off, to be honest with you. You know, it it relies on us getting video footage, putting good social media posts. You know, it's not down to the person running the social media half the time. And and now we've got more... content to run it. Exactly. Yeah, and it wasn't Do a tweet. Do a tweet about what? Exactly, exactly. And I think... The, the the kind of mentality of the games now, the fans are kind of coming across more in that backs against the wall mentality that we had in the Premier League. Like where mm. we weren't expecting much for the game, but we know there'd be a bit of fight and we'll get behind them. And it seems to be parallels to that, to be honest, at the moment with with how the atmosphere is at home. Because the crowds aren't massive, but the atmosphere is pretty decent. Ben, were you going to say anything else? Shall I move on to the next tweet? Move on to the next tweet. You got it, buddy. Luke. Just one of those days was yesterday when not a lot went our way. Millwall turned it into a scrap and City were never comfortable on the ball. Stonewall penalty not given, but when do we ever get those? We'd have all taken three wins out of the last four games after Bristol, now on to Cov. James Roberts had a fucked in the linesman flag for a penalty. The handball happened straight in front of him. If that's not going to be given, I wonder if we'll ever get a penalty again. He spelt it penalty, but I said penalty just to cover his embarrassment there. Well Oliver Reese, maybe a reality check yesterday or just an off day. This is where squad rotation is needed for Tuesday, so players won't burn out by the start of March. Great to see a bag and get a goal live and given his brilliant performances of late Will you, we, we can talk about the games coming up but it kind of shows Tom the thinness in our squad doesn't it that we can't really rotate in those moments what I would say though is the one bit of rotating that we have done was Morrison at Liverpool and that looked looks a masterstroke now doesn't it mm-hmm. you know we've won the games either side of it we put in a good performance against Liverpool so we've got a little bit of depth there you know more than we did have so we might see a little bit of rotation Hopefully we'll see some rotation. Um, oh no, where have the tweets gone? They're over here. Diff MJ, is Millwall away the most predictably bland lack of quality fixture in the league? Ben, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the most championshipy sort of grim place to go and just always sort of grim results for anyone that goes there. I genuinely hope that club never succeeds. <laughs> and is that because they've got <laughs> Malone at right back or left back? Yeah, that, oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah, fuck Scott Malone. There was a thing like before I was watching the game and the, he was in the tunnel 
and it was like the camera sort of was focusing on the players and telling he was sort of front of that. And even then, he managed to annoy me just by doing weird things with his face. What was he doing with his face? I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it was just annoying. Do you see him in your dreams? No, it's just like if I'm on a punch bag, I see him then. Good. Well, you really have a lot of hatred. For it is an irrational hatred. Him and, yeah, the slug are just two vile people. <laughs> Sean Collins, hopefully we'll bounce back midweek. Just lack some ideas. Although, do you think we could be in a position to bring in some of those lone players? Hugel and Nick Pieto, I think we should try and bring in good solid replacements for more. Shows that Morrison has no faith in Collins. Matt Hale, Joe Rawls is our longest serving player and vital to our midfield, Tom. Any ideas on why he's never had a song that's rel- regularly sung? I was having to think about this. and One, it doesn't really fit well into our repertoire of three tunes that we have because um, we're not the most inventive in recent years and also whenever he's been here for ages but he's never been like our standout like star player so he's, he's kind of truly he's been, been liked like during no, the Premier League year people hated him yeah like he's he was always been like Mr Dependable he's never really stood out so like I don't think that's why we haven't really sung his name and I, I honestly just think it's because it's hard to get his name into songs as well and the only one I can remember is some lad tried getting it going with Wonderwall but calling it Wonderalls yeah, that, and and, see, and that's why people gave up on it. Yeah, it was atrocious. Abysmal. It was so bad. I was going to think of is the Dave Clark Five. I'm feeling glad rolls over, but that that doesn't really work. No, exactly. <laughs> I know. I, I, that's why I've never tried it. It's just like in my head. I know. Um, I know. Hundreds of Cardiff fans are going to hear you attempt. Thousands. It. Thousands. Sorry, thousands I didn't want. I didn't want to be. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Simon Keane, Ben, what level will the club aim for over the next couple of years? And I've got some options for you. World domination, the Norwich loop, plucky eighth and upwards or mid-table survival? What should be, what are we aiming for there, Ben? Well, the club should be aiming for world domination, but I think they're aiming for plucky eighth and above, aren't they? Yeah. I think that's sort of where they're budgeting for going forward. But we like plucky eighth, don't we? Tom does. I yeah. prefer. Big fun. Uh, K49745, fucking Booman. Been a while since we had one of them. Uh, Wobbert, after losing one in last four, everyone's saying Morrison needs their wires checking. Uh, Max Robertson, what do we actually do need to do to get a penalty decision? I'm thinking the defender will have to completely murder one of our players. I think that's probably spot on. And Jamie Pryor, after the horrendous decision not to award a penalty yesterday, is Steve Mar- uh, Keith? Oh no, Steve Martin, sorry, consistently the worst referee we have had in the championship. Every time he referees us, it's awful. Um, what referees have had an agenda against us, Ben? I feel Stroud, like um, Stroud, was it? Stroud doesn't like us. Kevin, no, Kevin, go on. Kevin, nobody's friend. Oh, Craig Pawson. Pawson, yeah. He I mean, hates I Warnock, doesn't he? Lee Probert. Yeah, see it. Lee Probert. I don't think Dean liked us after a 50 feet banged off his skull. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Lee Probert was the one I was thinking of. He didn't seem to like us back when he was in the championship. Um, anyway, all the referees hate us because we're Welsh, and that's a fact. It's a fact. Um, it, now it comes to the t- time of the podcast. That was all the Twitter questions this week. If you like what we do, go to twitter.com forward slash VFTNinion to get involved. I'm going to ask you for some money because none of you are paying us any. Um, we have a Kofi account, kofi.com forward slash VFTNinion. Um, you can donate money there to the cause. We pay running costs for this thing and it is costing us more money than we're getting in at the moment. Um, so I'm currently the one paying for everything. Yeah, Tom, Ben. All right, mate. Scott Johnson, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, all of He's not. Tips. 
pull your fucking fingers out. Um, and it helps us support the running of the website, the organization of the pod, our various kind of editing things and all that kind of stuff. So that's ko-fi.com forward slash Ninian. It doesn't have to be much, but every little helps to coin a phrase from that very famous supermarket brand, Sainsbury's. Um, and now on to the next couple of games we've got coming up. I know it's Tesco's, but I just wanted to see how you'd react. I've barely written anything here, and by barely, I've written fuck all. Um, we've got Coventry on Tuesday. Uh, Coventry seemed to be a bit of a surprise package so far in the league, Tom. Um, what do you know about the city of Coventry? Uh, my sister went to uni there. Nice. Uh, it's got a Nando's. Uh, it's quite, yeah, yeah. It got bombed to bits. There's no... Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was a thriving car industry. There's not anymore, mm-hmm. and the football team are currently twelfth. The current team are currently twelfth. Uh, Forty four points so far this season. Ben, um, they seem to start the season quite well, but maybe tailed off a little bit. Um, um, do you like Coventry? What the team or the city? The team mainly in this moment. We're talking about the team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's something quite likeable about them, isn't there? Sort of the manager right the way through to the squad. You sort of they play a nice little sort of style of football. It's not your sort of classic ticky tacky. I think it's like classic, enjoyable championship football. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, given all sort of what they've been through the last couple of years, the fans seeing them have a bit of success and having a good run this year, it's been sort of not uplifting, but sort of you don't begrudge them having that. There's teams. There's a lot of teams in this league that I just like a lot more than sort of. Coventry, even if the city is a grey shithole. I was going to say that, Ben. That's uh, a very nice sentiment from one CCFC to another CCFC, but you ruined it. So I oh, know, but um, like, I, most people in Coventry, like much like Tom's sister, my missus went to Coventry for four years. So every other weekend up in Coventry, fuck me, it's bleak there. The people are lovely. It's actually quite a funny sort of city, but it's because it was bombed so much. The only nice part was the cathedral. And the Germans took that out. So, um, Tom, what former Cardiff City goalkeeper to Coventry having goals at the moment? Say it again. What former Cardiff City goalkeeper to Coventry having goals at the moment? I don't know, actually. Ben, do you know? Simon Moore, isn't it? Oh, Paris. Simon, oh, Simon Moore. Yeah, Simon Moore. Um, what do you remember about Simon Moore, Tom? Um... He's a very nice man. Spoke to him once. He was very polite. Almost seemed embarrassed that he was a professional footballer because he was just a natural nice lad. And he did all right for us, like when he came into games. And I, I was convinced that he was going to push on, but I think he's at his level now in Championship. I, even though I didn't know he was in the Championship with Coventry. But I think Not, that is the kind of right level for him. Because he was at Sheffield, right? Um, Sheffield yeah. United, but he's, he's ended up at Coventry now. But he's, he's on course for probably his... Um, most appearances in a season. Uh, he's on 27 appearances so far this season. Um, his his last time he played anything above that was 43 in 2016, 2017. So um, good for Simon. Um, what else can I say about Coventry? Um, I think, uh, football-wise, I think earlier in the season they were a bit more f- formidable than they are now. I think both this Coventry game and the Blackpool game you know, their early season form has kind of petered out a little bit. You yeah. know, you've got Coventry in 12th, you know, Blackpool in 14th. They've gone from being kind of tough games to ones that you now expect to get something from at home. Um, and, you know, I know Millwall game aside, we're on a, a decent run. They're a nice couple of fixtures to have in a row. And that it, after those two games, if we do get four points from it, say, 
we're in a really, really good position then going into the rest of the season when we've got those tough games coming up. So I'm quite excited for these two games. It could be, it could just really put a bit of a gap between us and the bottom. It's interesting because you look back, um, we played both Coventry and Blackpool, um, I think relatively early on in the season. I think Blackpool was in, in August um, or late August and Coventry was mid-September. Obviously, we beat Blackpool away at um, Bloomfield Road and it was quite a comfortable performance. You know, Kiefer yeah. Moore scored that excellent second goal and we kind of all thought that maybe this was going to be a better season than it turned out to be. And then within two weeks, we'd lost 1-0 to 10 men at Coventry. Um, obviously, their player got sent off quite late on in the game and I remember that being a particularly dismal performance. Awful. Um, Ben, do you expect, as, as Tom was saying, you, you know, expect to win these games now? Are you expecting six points from these two home games, or is that a, is it a must that we get these six points over these next two games? I don't think it's a must, thanks to the previous wins. I think if we hadn't picked up what we did in previous games, we'd be sort of looking at going right. We're desperate for six points, but if you come away with four points from these two games again, like that's a nice little, nice little return over the sort of this block of the season. Um, you're sort of enough to pull you away. You're sort of constantly putting points on the board. Um, Coventry, I'm just looking on Fotmob. Please sponsor us. Good, um, well done. Nice. Their home, their away home form. Their home form's decent. Their away form sort of really let them down. They've not been great on the road, so it's a lot of draws, a lot of losses, the odd win. So yeah, I, I've, there's no reason we should be sort of fearful of them. Like you said, they've dropped off from what they were. They're not scoring the late goals to sort of like put them in the playoffs very early in the season. They sort of every game they were doing. They were doing every game they were playing, even sort of towards the end, of the start of the season, they were scoring really, really late goals. That seems to have dried up from now. And yeah, they're a side. I think they're going to finish top half. They'll have a nice season. They've had a good season, sort of building up quite a good little sort of thing there. Maybe push on next year, but we should really be looking to get a win there at home against them. Yeah, what's your prediction then, Ben? What's the score going to be? We beat in Coventry seven or eight now. No, I think we'll. <sighs> they don't. Yeah, they score quite a lot. I'll, I'll go two one City. Two, one city, Tom. Cardiff City, now not Coventry City. Yeah, I, well, I got that. I think uh, we beat Coventry one 0 and Blackpool two 0 I wasn't asking about Blackpool yet. Sorry, thank you. I've said it. Okay, I'll repeat it again when you ask me in a minute. Um, I think it's going to be a win for CCFC on Tuesday, so um, that's good. Uh, and Blackpool, Tom, what's your prediction from Blackpool? Two 0 <laughs> Um, I remember Blackpool being a genuinely joyous day up at Bloomfield Road, where I thought the season was going to be brilliant, but it didn't turn out that way. Um, Blackpool season, Ben, seems to tear off a little bit since they got rid of, um, I don't know, a guy midfield called Ryan Wintle or something. Um, I hate Blackpool, and I don't really, I know why, it's because they beat us in the playoffs. So um, I hope we win. Do you agree? Yeah, I definitely hope we win that game. Definitely. <laughs> I, I don't think, even for me, that's not the most controversial thing I'll say this week. I hope no. we beat Blackpool. They've actually done all right in recent games. The draw against Coventry, they beat Bristol 3-1, drew with um, Fulham, beat Black, uh, beat Millwall, um, lost to Hartlepool in the Cup, oh, shame, uh, but beat Hull. Have, you know, they, they seem to be doing okay in the league. And again, they, they've kind of turned off to be in 14th place, but they're a team capable of getting results. Yeah, given how sort of poor they were against us at the start of the season, we were all sort of pretty confident that, they'd be in our position or worse. I thought yeah. they'd sort of be in the situation past St. Peterborough, to be honest. Um, that they've done really well. They've, above and beyond anyone's expectations, I can't see them being dragged into the relegation fight any any longer. Sort of, they'll be in the championship next year, unfortunately, for you, Ben, because you seem to hate them that much. Um, you know, they're just a bunch of bastards. Yeah, they are. They, they ruined the future of our club, I admit it. Exactly. And it but, wasn't um, our fault, it was their fault. Yeah. Fucking Charlie Adam. 
Tom, are you excited about seeing everyone's favourite striker and your friend and ours, Gary Medin? Uh, no, I'm never excited to see him. No, even in Scruffy Murphy's or whatever it was. Oh, uh, um, was it Mark Kelly's? Good bar, very good bar. But no, if it, it, we always say like you, you, you worry about ex players coming back and biting us on the ass, really. And I, I, he's the type of bloke who would bite you on the ass. And that's the worrying thing about Gary Medine. He would, yeah. You for and, pri- and pay you for the privilege of family. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I, I I know he scored a couple of goals this season. I think he scored uh, last week as well. But I'm hoping we've got enough that we can keep him out. Ben, what's your prediction for the Blackpool game? one all. Mm. Who's scoring for us? Wintel. And who's scoring for them? Medine. <laughs> he's going to be an eight. <laughs> Winter is coming. All the uh, narratives. Yeah. yeah. All <laughs> the cliches. You've already said 2-0, but who's scoring the goals? Uh, Flint, again, and Colwell later on. All right, and I'm going to go with a four-all draw. Uh, hat-trick for Hugo and a goal for um, Joel Baggin, and Gary Medine's going to score four for them. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and that's it for another episode of The View from the Ninian um, if you like what we do you can go to twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian um, I'm sure you can find us on Facebook as well but only old people go on that um, at the moment uh, if you like what we do you can give us money at ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian that's ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Here at VFTN we're all about the smooth moves Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration We simply love it when things run smooth And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Reserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game-changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their performance package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker. For those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair, we see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the performance package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code VFTNinian for 20% off your purchase. That's VFTNinian for 20% off your purchase. Trust us, your balls will thank you.